Hello, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. Today, we are going to address an issue that's super important for couples. It's how do you avoid burnout being something that burns out your relationship? We're going to talk about some of the things that might contribute to burnout in your relationship, and also some ways that maybe you can keep that fire burning so your relationship doesn't get snuffed out. So stay tuned. I know it's going to be a valuable episode for you. Hello, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. Thank you for tuning in, for listening, and we're really excited that you're here. Yeah, we want to jump right in because we have another married couple with a nice, beautiful family. Aaron is an educator. He is a musician. He is an artist. He's a dad, and he's a husband of a therapist. <laughs> and so welcome, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Renee actually is a therapist here at Relationship Renovation. So uh, she is a therapist. Uh, she is a poet. She is a gardener. She is a musician. I know they play out together. And she is a wife of Aaron, a partner, and a mom as well. Welcome again, Renee. Renee has been on the show before. Yes, she has. Talking about play in relationships and why it's essential. So yeah. we are so happy to have you guys here and Thanks. back on Thanks our podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe like uh, before we jump in the topic, if you guys could give a brief synopsis of like, hey, the two of you, like how did you meet? How long you guys been together? Just give us a little, little bit of a background on your relationship. You want to give the uh, statistics? The statistics, like the numbers the of how, how long? long. Yeah, I, I never okay, remember the statistics. We're almost, we've been together for 23 years this August. Wow. I know our marriage can almost uh, have insurance on its own. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. right on. How'd you guys meet? Well, uh, it was the day I got kicked out of my house and I had everything I owned stuffed in my car and I was in a very terrible mood. And it was freshman moving day and I pulled up to the, you know, the, the drop off area from my dorm and up bounds this very hot young man. Yeah, true. <laughs> that was true. Kind of a punky looking fellow with piercings everywhere. And I was like, who are you? And he was very friendly and he's like, can I help you move your stuff? And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, she was not in a good way. <laughs> no, I was so crabby that day. That is a cute story, first of all. Sorry, continue. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, she asked for a wrench to loft the bunk beds in her dorm room. And I did not have a wrench, but... He went on a wild goose chase I all over campus for to the find wrench. a wrench for me. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's a keeper. Yeah. And we became fast friends mm -hmm. in short order and found that we had, you know, quite a few things in common. We both and played mandolin. Mm -hmm. That we was kind of a weird thing. And Renee talked my ear off, and I did a lot of listening, and it was very interesting. It's funny that I'm the one that became the therapist. Yeah, you know? yeah. You had a lot of cool <laughs> things to say, and we hit it off. Did you guys get together, like, right away? Did it become romantic pretty quick? Not right away. Well, We're, that's a funny part of the story. Like, when I met him, I kind of acknowledged it was a weird thing, because I think I've pretty much been a serial monogamist my whole life. And then I met him, and I was like, I acknowledge that you are an incredibly hot human being, but I'm not attracted to you. It was weird. It was totally weird. And we became super fast friends. And then all of a sudden, after about two and a half months, it was like somebody flipped a switch, and I was like, I can't stop thinking about you. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me out to homecoming, and I said yes. Yeah, there was some friend pressure there. Oh, there but, was definitely yeah. some friend pressure. Yeah. One of our friends cornered him. I was she going was to very the bathroom. aggressive about it. 
And we were at her dorm room watching <gasps> Muppets in Space, you know, really quality material there. And um, she cornered him while I was in the bathroom. Are like, you going to ask Renee out? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do it? It's not fair what you're doing uh, to her. And I was like, what is he doing to me? We're just friends. So anyway. you guys were like 18 years old. I was a bit I, older. I was 18. He was a super senior. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yes, uh, part of I the ruined his plans. hesitancy to start the relationship was I was thinking of moving away to the city and and Renee still had, you know, quite a few years of college to go. So there's some timing issues to work through, yeah. you know, but yeah. the the relationship was important enough that we worked all that out. Wow. Right on. And yeah. 20, 25 years later, yeah. you guys are still together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. 23 years married or 20? 20... Um, 23 years together, 21 together. years married. Wow. Right That's on. amazing. All right. Well, let's, let's, being a couple who's very experienced being a couple, um, let's jump right into the topic. And the, the topic today is burnout and how it can sort of extinguish the flame in your relationship. Mm-hmm, for sure. You know, one thing that Aaron and I have had in common our whole relationship is this idea of like being teachers. We've always been, we've been teachers in the communities that we've been a part of. We've been teachers in schools. And so this idea of burnout has been something that has influenced one or both of us at any given time, like throughout the whole relationship almost. So it's um, certainly been an important part of our story. Mm-hmm. I would say that burnout for me, I've experienced in career, definitely with teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you're part of big systems that have a lot of demands and a lot of cross currents of expectations from mm-hmm. different people, and they don't always go in the same direction. And so those cross currents can really carry your energy and your joy away over time. And I would probably say I've also experienced some burnout in parenting um, mm-hmm. as well as the joy in parenting. And so that's another thing that um, has been challenging for the relationship. We were married for a while before children and had that. Ten years. Uh, yeah. Nice long. Thank you for the data. <laughs> <laughs> we had a nice long trip, just the two of us to experience each other and and also still have independent activities. Mm-hmm. And then children change everything. And our children are very active. And it's all hands on deck with parenting. So, you know, between those two things, I think I've experienced burnout over the years and ha- had to find out how to deal with that. What do you see in a time between the two of you when one or yeah. both of you is burnt out? What does that look like? Mm. Uh, Well, we were talking about this last night, and one of my first teaching experiences, I was a second-year teacher in Chicago, and I remember having this amazing first year of teaching, and then I had to go to a different school, and I had to stop teaching in the middle of the year. I didn't come back after, after Christmas break. I was just a few years out of, you know, a really painful history with my mom, And the principal at the school was female and was treating me in some of the same ways that were really, really hard for me from my history growing up. And I just didn't have the the stick-to-itiveness. I didn't have that resilience at that point. And it just really, really hurt. And so, and we were talking about this last night, Aaron and I, and it was like, it was a brand new school and it had all of these resources. So it wasn't that I was at a lack of, you know, the materials I needed to teach well, but 
I didn't have support. And my own personal story really was, you know, something that was influencing how I was interpreting the situation. And the school itself didn't, it was a brand new school, so it didn't really have the infrastructure to support me outside of that principle. And I was working with a really high needs population on the southwest side of Chicago too. Yeah, and and so, so for you, Aaron, like what was that like having your partner get to that place of just like her tank was empty and she was overwhelmed? Yeah. Mm, it was scary for me and um, disorienting. She had been so confident as a teacher and and done such a good job at it, and to see her confidence rocked yeah. by the system grinding at her the so relentlessly. Trauma. Yeah, that was kind of scary. And um, obviously there was the financial distress of a career change mid-year, mm-hmm. um, and just seeing Renee not know which direction to go in and, and yeah. not know as her partner necessarily how to reflect back what she was going through. It was just kind of a whirlwind and yeah. we didn't know where things were going to land. Was it hard for you to like see me in like self-doubt, like not suddenly not know who I was yeah, or what I, mean, I wanted to do? It was through the course of, you know, less than one school year, watch your self-image change a lot. Like really mm-hmm. you were doubting your yourself a lot. Yeah. And so then a lot of our relationship time was spent dealing with the craziness that Renee was going through. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a fun time. It was, you know, um, we, we still went on dates and, and did fun things, but she was just in a in a low place in yeah. life yeah. because of this. I mean, what I'm hearing there is, and I think I'm I'm sure people in the audience relate to this, is when when one partner is completely burnt out, is going through a lot, then they're in need of a lot of care and the relationship maybe is less of a priority on on, on some level. Mm-hmm. And, and so, okay, so play that out when you're one or both of you is feeling burnt out and that person is in need of care and the relationship isn't getting what it needs, what, what then happens in your relationship? Mm, perhaps the setting gets set to autopilot mm-hmm. and it's not as... Enriching? Yeah, not as enriching and n- not as clear like what is a positive direction to take things in. It's just kind of like survival mode. Mm-hmm. Like we're pushing through... We're trying to establish a new routine since things got rocked, but um, we're not clear on which direction to go. So what I'm hearing is just like lack of focus around how to move forward in a way that feels good for both of you. Mm -hmm. And then just being stuck on autopilot, which again, a lot of couples we see here at our center come in and they are just so bored Mm -hmm. and they are just like, I don't, nothing feels exciting anymore. Who am I? Like total loss of identity or sense of selves. And so again, we're kind of looking at burnout in the relationship, but also taking in the factor of how other factors in our environment, whether it's work, whether it's finances, cause burnout, and then it affects that individual or that system and then how that system is affected. Yeah. Well, and I would think also like when your partner is, and I mean, I think we've related to this when I'm feeling burnt out, when you're feeling burnt out, some of the things that are really sparkly and wonderful about your partner, you don't see those, those things as much. And so there's a lot of like, it's harder to connect with them in in any kind of like a joyful sort of tender or maybe even intimate way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because things either feel heavy, like emotionally heavy, or just like autopilot, like Groundhog Day, here we go again. Mm -hmm. Right, totally. Yeah, Yeah. we're just surviving. A thought that I'm having about burnout is that it's usually deeper than like fatigue. 
mm-hmm. or like a busy season. And it comes from you individually interacting with systems that are dragging on you. And so um, mm-hmm. that could be a family system. That could be a work system. That could be finances, you know. The, all of the, the above. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, yeah, time. all of the mm-hmm. above. So it's it's deeper than I'm fatigued. I need some good sleeps this yeah. weekend, and that's going to reset. Nap. Yeah, it's like there's <laughs> there you can you can you can take the nap. You can rest on the weekend, but it's going to take more yeah. to to push out of this season or this yeah. um, thing than because there's bigger systems dragging on the relationship mm-hmm. and on each person individually. Right. I have that visual of remember that commercial like this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs and they got the egg in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Thanks, I feel like 90s. That, that's like nervous system. Like here yeah. is your nervous system mm-hmm. on burnout. And you don't know how to get out of the frying pan. No. <laughs> no. And you don't know how to get it your partner It just keeps getting out. more yes. burned and more, yeah. more crispy. More right. Crispy. Yeah. And you don't want to break the yolk. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you guys have been together for 23 years, right? Right. So you've said you've gone through multiple periods of where one or both of you is feeling really burnt out. Mm-hmm. Like, what have you guys learned in your relationship about how to deal with it? You know, how to get through that season? Hmm. Well, that was like one of the questions where like, you know, how did this happen multiple times in our relationship? Like, is it that we're not learning our lesson? Mm. You know, so, you know, one of the things that we kind of concluded as we were kind of chatting about this a little bit was that we keep finding ourselves in this situation because of, you know, almost like a, like our rule of life. Like I was thinking of the the phrase like tikkun olam, which means to heal the world in Hebrew. And like both of us are really set. Like, why do we keep having the situation where we feel burned out? Well, we keep intentionally putting ourselves in places like Title I schools. Like Aaron and I have only ever taught at Title I schools where the population is really needy. Do you want to define Title I for folk? I believe it's when I think 60% of the population is eligible for free or reduced lunch. So school communities that have a lot of poverty in their family communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, very intentionally, we've we've worked in those mm-hmm. neighborhoods, worked in those schools because, like, we want to, you know, be a part of the healing force in the world, you know, rather than the alternative. And so as a result, a lot of times, you know, that's one of the elements of burnout is, you know, the population with whom you're working and then in the need. And we were also talking about, you know, this idea of, like, even to be a teacher, there's this adage that says, you know, don't show them how much you know until they know how much you care. And so that's kind of like one of the central pieces of compassion fatigue that leads to burnout is that you're constantly extending mm-hmm. this giving, giving, giving empathy and compassion toward, you know, people who you have absolutely every intention of sharing it with them. Mm. Can I piggyback on that really totally. quick? Because it's like Erin said, you know, after kids, it changes your life. And I feel like that whether you're a teacher, whether it's students, whether it's mm-hmm. Title One, whether it's just children, like all of your energy goes into other humans right, at the expense of probably our relationship because we take it for granted that it's just there. Right. 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 So when it's all of those things or even some of those yeah. things, it's really hard to direct, extend that empathy toward our partner. Well, and then the cycle that it keeps happening because like there's constant transitions in life and there's constant, you know, need, whether it's, again, work, whether it's our kids. And so so we were kind of talking about how you guys get through it and mm-hmm. you're noticing it. You're like, okay, how do we keep getting here? And you're saying, oh, because we we put ourselves intentionally into these places mm-hmm. 
because we want to give back, we want to help the world, but like, how do you get through it in your relationship? So I, I guess there's, I'm getting an idea. <laughs> Say you like to put yourself in positions that are fun and exhilarating, uh, like dangerous sports. So mm-hmm. if you're a fencer, you don't go in without your equipment, your your face guard, your protective equipment, because you will get hurt. <laughs> right. Uh, and I'm not a fencer. I'm just, the picture is coming to mind. And so if you're doing a dangerous sport, you you have to protect yourself from the nature of the game, or else you'll end up hurt. And <laughs> occupational hazard, yeah. And, such. And, and so, if if you're drawn in in life to doing some things that take a lot from you, mm. uh, parenting, <laughs> um, or you know, a career thing like working with children of poverty, and a lot of the things that are required because of the intensity of that, then you have to guard yourself. Uh, and you know, it's not going to be a face guard like in fencing. It's going to be something like. I've given well past what I can give, you know, this week at school to my students, and I'm going to say no to this one more volunteer Mm -hmm. opportunity that the school's asking me to do, because I need to bring more of myself home for my partner, for my children. Mm -hmm. So was that a lesson that you had to learn, like, because I'm hearing boundaries. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a, it's totally, it's a lesson that just the head knowledge of it is not enough because mm-hmm. people keep asking you and pulling you in and the need keeps presenting itself. And so it's so important to practice that. Like, okay, I know this, but I need to do it again this week. I need to say no to this one more thing that is yeah. being asked of me so that I have enough of myself to, to bring home yeah. for my mm-hmm. family. Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing there is like, especially when you've been together with a partner long enough and also when you've just been in your own adult long enough, you need to get better at recognizing the signs and the situations that are going to lead to burnout. But borrowing on on uh, on somebody we quote a lot in here, Stan Tatkin, that we're in each other's care, mm-hmm. that that is like the sticky point, right? In like having that ability when you recognize, but your partner doesn't recognize, yeah. right? And I can do. Can I throw something out, Please, Tara? Go ahead. Okay. Thanks so for like, asking. So like last night. Oh, it's so our, recent. <laughs> Tara only slept two hours. Oh, yeah. She only slept two hours because our kids continue to jump into bed with us in the the middle of the night, right? Mm -hmm. And I have this instinctive because I'm, you know, maybe a little bit harsher or whatever. I have this instinct of like when Joe wants to come in at bed of looking and being like, no, no, dude, you got to sleep in your own bed tonight. Graham's in there. You're cool. But I you know, how do I help you hold that boundary, right? Right. You know, and, and in those situations, that's, a, that's a, a specific, but in the general, like when you see something clear as day that every time our kids jump in bed with us, you don't sleep, it totally taxes you. Like, how do I get better? How do people get better at telling their partner or, or, or what is it? Is it telling? Is it just like, you know, help, help me out, Tara? I mean, I would want you to be like, hey, honey, I've noticed that like mm-hmm. this is really hard when the kids come in. It's really hard for you to like say no because I know that you love them and you want to provide that safety little cuddling, smothering kind of thing that I love. Smother. But like at what expense? Like how can I support you to get yeah. some really good sleep tonight? And we're then we're just problem solving, but you're in my... You were collaborating instead of you being like, why did you let him sleep with you again? You know, like instead of feeling judged by yeah, it, you're like totally. inviting me into like... How do we get more sleep? (laughs) Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Yeah. Hmm. I think there's like a togetherness that, that mm-hmm. you're kind of alluding to. But here's what's because I don't know if this has happened for you, Renee and Aaron, but I, I do know with all the couples we've worked with, right? So there's this burnout, right? And then not prioritizing your relationship and then autopilot. Then that slowly builds resentment, mm-hmm. that slowly builds defensiveness. And so it's like people can't even talk about being burnt out because they don't have that emotional safety right. to talk about it. And so like, I really want to give listeners and just like, you know, because I think the four of us have been through it, right? Mm-hmm, like, totally. I'm not burnt out. This is just the life you gave to me. And I don't <laughs> it's your it. fault. Right. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah. If I was with anybody else, I wouldn't be this way. So like really kind of moving forward from that place, like, did you guys talk about it? Like, how did you connect again? How did you light that little flame after that little fire went out? Because again, Mm -hmm. you've said it's happened multiple times. It has with us too. Yeah, so many times. Probably a universal thingamajigger that we do, but at least we keep lighting our flames back. Yes. My goodness, this is how we're still here. Mm -hmm. Pilot light. There's always a pilot light. (laughs) Do you want to speak to the question? Yeah. um, I'm thinking actually also of like a relatively recent experience that you and I had. You know, like we said, you know, Aaron's an educator. He's continued to be an educator all these years. And, you know, one of the things I heard the two of you just talk about is this idea of like, what can I do to support? And I, I remember over Christmas, you know, we were out shopping for our Christmas tree and we actually got to go do this as a couple this past Christmas. And so we're sitting there in the Christmas tree parking lot, pick your tree parking lot. And, and before we went in looking for trees, I like sat down and I looked at, I looked at Aaron and I was like, you know, I just want you to know that whatever it is that you're going through, like I've noticed, like you, I'm not hearing as much from you. And, Mm. you know, again, these are like some of the telltale signs that I know, like we're, we're walking into burnout here. And, Mm. you know, I didn't say that at the time, but it's what I was thinking. And I was, I just like extended myself and I was like, you know, you don't have to leave me in the realm of speculation. Like I'm here to support you, like whatever you need, Mm. please talk to me and tell me what's going on. And that was the beginning of a, like a really important, I think, catch-up situation, catch-up conversation where, 
you know, you, you realize like, yeah, like I'm a person that really wants to support you through this and encourage you through whatever it is, even though I don't know exactly what it might be. Aaron's in this place of burnout and he probably can't even identify. He's just freaking trying to keep his head above water. You as a caring, loving partner, identify the signs of burnout. And instead of kind of ignoring it, you lean in and say, Hey, honey, I'm here to support you. Like no matter what I've noticed Mm -hmm. that you're a little withdrawn or whatever it might be you said. And putting a label on that, I mean, uh, so that's Gottman's, that's a gentle startup. It's the attempt of to talk about something that might be complex, mm. but trying to do it in mm-hmm. a gentle way that that might make it easier for your partner to come towards you. So so for you, Aaron, like how was that that attempt of, uh, of Renee's? Uh, I think it was well-received. There always has to be the kind of the courage to accept that and not run from it. And mm-hmm. so- you know, that's always a little bit of an internal head trip, like, okay, why is she doing this? Uh, can I even deal with engaging with this right now? But I think when it's done in a gentle way, I'm more likely to to go with it and, mm-hmm. you know, not run or bat, bat it, it back, bat it away or bat it back at her, you know? Because that could easily be for some, definitely for me at a time like that, I could easily run it through my negative core beliefs of like, oh, you know, look, this is, so everything else is, is screwed and, and this is another thing I'm screwing up. Thank yeah. you for confronting me with my shittiness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was other... definitely not trying to confront you with your shittiness. <laughs> <laughs> and at other times when we've been in these situations, I think, at least me personally, blaming is easy to do. Mm. Blaming mm. Renee or blaming the kids or blaming any number of other things. Yeah, the system, you know, and all of those are parts of what's going on, but blame takes it to a, not a fixing place, but more of a dark place and more of an isolating place. Mm -hmm. And so Tara asked, what do you do to to not like get sucked down this black hole? But I think what you don't do is blame. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not a fixing type of thing to do. And so that's a habit from, you know, probably growing up uh, in my original family that I have to avoid yeah. mm-hmm. is the blaming when I'm in that kind of autopilot place where life's just not very sparkly and not yeah. Yeah. not going well. well. It takes like a symbiotic relationship of one partner being willing to try to come in a somewhat gentle, loving, empathetic way, and then it takes the other partner being able to accept it, you know, mm-hmm. being able being able to sort of give Renee in this case the benefit of the doubt that she's not blaming you, right? But that she's actually there to support you, right? Mm. Can I share a quick example too? Because again, I feel like examples of building emotional safety to support each other through difficult times, no matter what those times are, are one of the key components of keeping your relationship together forever, hopefully, and. I had just done this nine-day LA trip where we had to do like a thousand hours a day of driving and keeping my children like constantly entertained and all the st- all the stuff, right? All of the Santa Monica Pier and Disneyland. Yeah. Anyway, and so I was I, home with two teenagers that didn't talk to me for a week, so we yeah. had very different. So experiences. I get home <laughs> on a Saturday night at like eight o'clock. I drove like nine hours. And I come in the door, I think this is Sunday morning, the next day, right? Yes, it was Sunday morning. I like slept that night and I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, there's so much to do. Like I just felt overwhelmed. And and normally like 
when EJ and I didn't have these skills pretty solid, he'd probably be like, oh my God, she's waking up in a bad mood. Like I just had her all gone all week and it was so chill in here. And, <laughs> and here she gets her little anxiety and now she's going off and now she's going to be stressed out and now she's going to be in a bad mood all day. I'm just assuming this is what you used to think. And instead EJ goes, Tara, come into the living room with me. Come in here. And I'm like, no, I've got to get the April calendar up. He's like, just come in for just like a couple minutes. And he sat me down and he's like, what's happening for you? And I'm like, we have all these cheer competitions coming up. And he's like, no, what's happening for you? And again, I was, no, we got all in your head. What's happening for you? How are you feeling? Mm. He just took care of me and he was like, I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to tune out any children's noise. Get grounded. What can I do to help you get grounded? Recognize the feelings. And that changed the entire rest of the day because had he not done that, I would not have done that because I would need to get shit done and get that day planned so I could go in on Monday like full force. But him taking, I mean, it took like less than 10 minutes, changed the entire course because he helped me regulate when I didn't know how to. Mm. And that is such a huge skill that we're not taught. But when when we're in each other's care, thank you, Dr. Stan, like, it's connecting and it's so much helpful and supportive for each of us at an individual level to get to that place of connecting again instead of autopilot, Aaron, kind of like. Yeah. Something that I think of when I hear that example, you know, it helps me think of that time with the Christmas tree parking lot with me and Aaron too, is mm-hmm. when you're the one doing the gentle startup, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist for sure. And so like finding that gentle startup and the context, like find it being good enough where you could actually offer that feedback and and give that space where it's like, hey, I'm here for you. I'm on your team. Like we're doing this together. Like when you have kids, you know, finding the perfect moment, there might not be a perfect mm-hmm. moment, but you can shut the door mm-hmm. and you can say just two minutes and like have a real quality two minutes. Like in the case of the Christmas tree conversation, like Aaron and I, like we, for whatever reason, we just happened to not have the kids with us. They were with grandma. And I was like, you know what? I don't know that I'm going to get another moment as good enough as this. So this is the time. And I think for our listeners, it's like really important to identify also that this is not like a one tool issue, right? Like that that doing these type of things is why like your relationship being a priority and working on it together is so important because for me, there was like multiple tools I was using to get to that moment with Tara supporting her. And the first was recognizing if I was getting triggered by her behavior in the morning, Mm. then there was the cognitive restructuring of not going down a self-righteous judgmental and going through a compassionate way. Then there was the tool of knowing like, okay, I gotta, like you said, get away from the kids and create a moment. Then there was understanding based upon her feedback in weeks, years, prior how to support her in those moments. And so it's like, we're like stacking tools. We're stacking insights together in order to achieve these moments. And that's why it's not easy. It's it's not something that, you know, there's a Band-Aid that, that fixes these problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to get to this, like, what made you keep going through it over and there over? You go. That's awesome. We mentioned this today, and I've mentioned it before when I've been on here, but a really important part of the way that we've thrived as a couple, you know, is, you know, we've always been creative together. 
And so, you know, that's yeah. been a really important aspect that's always been there. We we are always making music together. And, you know, when you think about like how exhausting it is to like reach out that compassionate arm to like whatever population you're working with, you know, whatever your profession is, like one way that we've continued to restore ourselves as a couple and as individuals is we've always had this really central part of our identity in play. And in our case, it's always been music. We've done it together. We've done it individually. And so like, since we have that important piece of our identity as a couple, like for me, I have this glowing exception, like no matter how hard it gets, no matter how withdrawn, you know, I feel or Aaron seems like I can think, Oh yeah, last week we just had that really great jam. Yep. This is not everything yes. at every moment. There is an exception to like how it feels right now. And I grab onto that like yep. a, a dinghy. Yeah. Like I just, you know, mm-hmm. hang resourcing. On to it. Absolutely. Resourcing. I resource I, for I have, sure. I have a thought as well. This is Aaron this time. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Hi. you're here, sweetie. <laughs> so um in moments when I'm feeling burnt out, it's written Renee might reach out and try to connect. It's very important for me to remember that our relationship is different than, say, my work relationships. And so, for example, at work, the bosses, the principals very frequently ask for more. You know, usually when an email is coming through, it's not an email of appreciation mm-hmm. for our great teaching. It's it's a crisis email. Oh my gosh, we forgot this. Do this right away. But, mm-hmm. you know, lump this on your plate. And so like 95% of the time, it's an ask of us teachers to give more time, effort. It goes on and on. And so to realize that the home world is not the work world Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. at work, I just have that expectation because it's not just me. It's all the colleagues as well are push back against that a lot that you guys keep asking. So what are your priorities? Because we can't do it all. Mm -hmm. And, And at home realizing that your partner is not in that kind of relationship with you that's always a taker, you know, but they give as well and support Mm -hmm. as well. And to look at your partner through a different lens, Mm -hmm. take off the work eyeglasses of where you're just like knowing people are going to take and and you're going to have to have really firm boundaries if you're going to not lose it. (laughs) What what I'm hearing you say there is like on some level knowing if your partner's coming to you, even if it's something difficult, that it's probably something that really is going to enrich your life. Right. It's probably going to feed your soul. Right. Why is that hard sometimes? I mean, we for me, I spend so much time at work that you're just literally in that mental state of mm-hmm. work relationships. It's and like then you, code switching, yeah, and linguistics. And then, yeah. yeah. And then you get home and there are all the responsibilities to yeah. do of transitioning your children back to home life after school. and mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to make that mental switch that, okay, this is my life partner. And we have other ways of relating than this other thing yeah. I've been doing all day, all week. Yeah, she was that that girl that I ran around campus looking for that wrench for. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Remembering back to that. Right. That's really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, gosh, this has been like really, really wonderful. Yeah, it's like we just kind of scratched the surface because I'm like, okay, yeah, the signs of burnout in a relationship could look like blaming Mm-hmm. Could look like disconnection, could look like autopilot, could look like lack of attention to the relationship, could look like all of the above, um, but that there are many ways to get through burnout 
with your partner. And I think one of the first conversations you should have is like, hey, what is a sign that you might be burnt out or that I might be burnt out? That you get to identify mm-hmm. the signs of a burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Aaron said, the courage to accept, mm-hmm. right? Support from your partner. If your partner is recognizing that you're struggling or you know wants to kind of be vulnerable and share something, that you separate your lens of your work day to home day that you put on these different glasses. I wish they had like literally glasses you can buy on Amazon. They're like work glasses, kid glasses, <laughs> home glasses, wife glasses, partner glasses. Yeah, a tangible reminder. Hey, this right. could be a new business idea. Don't everybody take it. Um, and then really just like, again, separating that mm-hmm. and some self-care, but relationship care, right? So there's a lot of different ways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. To get through it. But I do think recognizing one of the first steps is recognizing what is a sign of burnout because we don't even mm-hmm. know, right? We get into autopilot and we're just like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, Absolutely. rinse right. and repeat. And my it's so cute because I know like when I start to get burnout, again, here it comes 90s. I have that total visual of Kelgon take me away in the bathtub. <laughs> I remember that commercial. And when that little pops up into my mind, I'm like, oh. That's my sign. It's starting to happen. <laughs> and unfortunately, we don't have a bathtub in our bathroom. And I don't think Kelgon is even a thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I keep thinking of, now I think of that Herbal Essences commercial with like the, oh, and like <sighs> oh, hair yeah. flipping, you know? <sighs> anyway. Well, thank you so much, Renee and Aaron. It's yeah. been a pleasure to have you guys here. And You're welcome. And thank you for sharing about your relationship. And I, I know it's useful to those out there. Yeah, and just from modeling that like constant like relighting of that flame and the sparkles, right? Mm-hmm. Even after 23 years, mm-hmm. you guys do that and that connecting piece of creativity, you know, that you get to remember those times when you are in those kind of that funk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like really cool. Yeah. yeah. I love the last thing that you talked about, Tara, and that was about like talking to your partner about what it looks like and and having this conversation mm-hmm. after you've heard this podcast today about what does it look like? What are the signs? Because really, I mean, what you're talking about there is is it's great in the moment when we are in burnout to do something, but it's even better to, to talk preventatively, to talk mm-hmm. about it before it's happening. And uh, we really have to understand our partner and, uh, you know, shameless self-plug here. I mean, you know, having a structured way to do that is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we have a, an amazing at-home program, relationship renovation at home that we've recently received a number of people who've done the program at home and had like really positive yeah. experiences. They've, they've moved all the way through it. There's videos, there's lessons, there's like a way that you can weekly work through, make your relationship a priority, build these tools that then you can stack together yeah. for really complex moments. So there's a there's a link in our show notes to the Relationship Renovation at Home Program. Um, it's on our website, relationshiprenovation.com. Also, just you know, anybody out there, if you have certain topics you want us to take on, please just email us info at relationshiprenovation.com. And thank you, as always, for being a part of this community that makes our relationship a priority. Yes, and thank you again, Renee and Erin, for sharing your story. Inspiring. And I'm, I will close out, as I always do, take care of yourself, take care of each other, light that flame again and again. It's worth it. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.